Hi, this is Jack Cush. I'm executive editor of RoomNow.com. This is the RoomNow Week in Review for the 14th of July, 2014. A few regulatory um, bits of news uh, around new drugs, new drug approvals, and some changes in labeling. Uh, the FDA has um, made an announcement that it will have a hearing of the Arthritis and Advisory Committee uh, for both Sarucumab and RA and for Tocosidinib and psoriatic arthritis in early August. Follow the uh, FDA website to actually look at those hearings and see what happens. Uh, Baricitinib, uh, which is currently under review by the FDA, uh, um, has received FDA, not FDA approval, but the equivalent of FDA approval in Japan, where it has become approved. It has also recently been recommended by NICE for approval in the UK, and you'll have to wait, await the decision uh, of that. Um, Otesla has had an a, a update to its product label. Um, after reviewing the data, the FDA has uh, asked Otesla to add to their warning section that uh, other side effects may include severe diarrhea, nausea, and vomiting. Don't think this is new information. We kind of knew this happens, and thankfully just in a minority of individuals. Um, and then also, um, not yet quite out, but um, the FDA has accepted the new drug application of tofacitinib for the indication of ulcerative uh, colitis. So we'll wait and see what happens with that. Um, an interesting review looked at uh, meta-analyses of uh, cardiovascular risk associated with rheumatoid arthritis and showed that those uh, published before 2000 showed uh, an obvious and increasing risk of, of, of cardiovascular events in patients with active disease. But after 2000, um, it was getting harder to document that, with maybe the suggestion that the advent of new biologic therapies, more aggressive therapies, more combination therapies, may lead to better cardiovascular outcomes. An interesting hypothesis, somewhat supported by indirectly by data such as this. Um, those of you who have seen uh, cases of IgG4-related disease um, know that it can be somewhat challenging to diagnose. It can be also quite challenging to monitor such patients as acute phase reactants and even serum IgG4 levels aren't always predictive uh, variables in the management of such cases. There's an interesting report um, that looks at the use of uh, FDG PET-CT to look at uh, organ involvement in such patients in a serial manner. Obviously um, a, uh, an expensive way of doing this, but nonetheless they showed it was useful in identifying uh, active disease. Um, an interesting study looked at uh, patients who have lupus nephritis, and those uh, amongst those patients, the ones who, in fact, became pregnant. And the question was asked, does pregnancy, on top of existing lupus nephritis, albeit inactive and controlled, add to further renal disease, or is that a bad combination? And, um, and their analysis actually showed that compared to 32 patients with active lupus nephritis, inactive lupus nephritis, who were pregnant, compared to 64 patients who were, did not get pregnant but yet had lupus nephritis, showed that the number of flares were the same. There were no worse renal outcomes um, or progression of, car, of, of chronic kidney disease in those women who did have uh, pregnancies. Uh, and so that was sort of encouraging for those women who may want to go forward if their kidney disease is well controlled with lupus. A uh, recent New England Journal study this week actually looked at uh, the nurse's health study and uh, assessed what happened in uh, as far as their diets over a 12-year period and showed that those who exhibited an improved quality of their diet um, actually had uh, a decreased rate of death 
In, in fact, the uh, mortality figures were lower somewhere around 10 to 15 percent, uh, depending on which measure you used as a measure of a quality diet change. Uh, so the point is, it's not too late. Change your diet, live longer. It can still happen, although it does take a number of years of a healthy diet to realize these benefits. The Institute of Medicine uh, has also taken an analysis of, of those who are poor and uninsured and not surprisingly, you would think that that may shorten life, and in fact, they showed that those individuals who did not have health insurance um, uh, were at a greater risk of death. And conversely, those with health insurance, uh, it reduced death rates uh, in a large cohort of patients. Uh, analysis of 40,000 Dutch patients showed that the prevalence of ANCA positivity or ACPA positivity is about 1%. And it's more likely in those who are older, those who smoke, those who are female and those who obviously have rheumatoid-like symptoms. But yet of all the patients who had ANCA, only 20% uh, actually had rheumatoid arthritis. So obviously there's more than ANCA to getting rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, an analysis of a small cohort of patients who were pregnant and had rheumatoid arthritis looked at gene expression and showed that amongst the many gene expressions that occur and that evolve from the um, pre-pregnancy and first trimester to the last trimester, um, most prominent in there is an increase in inducible type 1 interferon genes, suggesting that that may be, in fact, associated with um, those women who improve their rheumatoid arthritis symptoms during the pregnancy. So the induction of type 1 alpha interferon, again, it's a complex story as to why people get better or there's a large number of patients who, in fact, do get worse. It's not 70% of people getting better with pregnancy. In fact, it's probably more like 50% who don't get better or get worse. So uh, nonetheless, trying to figure out the immunology behind pregnancy is interesting. Um, the FDA has um, approved Orencia. Uh, I found that a little bit surprising. I knew it was up for approval, but I didn't know it was going to happen this quickly. It's approved Orencia for use in psoriatic arthritis. If you look at the data and the reports that are out there, it is, uh, the data is good. It does show improvement in the articular symptoms of psoriatic arthritis. The skin improvements are modest and probably not a reason why you would want to use abatacept in patients with active skin disease and psoriatic arthritis, but nonetheless, it is another option for those who have active uh, joint disease. Um, a large analysis of patients who were taking steroids showed that if you were on a background bisphosphonate, specifically alendronate, um, that you actually had a lower rate of, of hip fracture. And this was not done in osteoporosis or high-risk individuals. These are just patients who are on steroids in a population-based study. So that's sort of good news and again, suggests that we really need to be aggressive in managing patients who are on steroids so as, we, so as to prevent osteoporosis and hip fracture. And lastly, there's a, an interesting report that looks at patient-reported outcomes in a large cohort of patients. I think it was 800 patients in the POET study. And in this study, they um, took patients who had more than six months of either remission or low disease activity state, and two to one randomized them to either stop their TNF inhibitor or continue the TNF inhibitor. Not surprisingly, they showed at three months there was a significant worsening uh, in uh, about half the patients who stopped their drug, and that some of those worsenings actually persisted out even into longer time periods, suggesting that, uh, again, um, if, you, if you are going to stop or wean off of a TNF inhibitor when you have control, you have to expect that a large number of patients are going to get worse. What they also did show in that study was that upon reinstitution of TNF inhibitor, you could quickly, you could quickly gain control of the disease. Um, that's it for this week at RoomNow.com. Go to the website, tune in next week. We'll give you more good information on RoomNow. Bye-bye.